Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh boy, good to be with you here this cold, chilly morning. It's a real honor every time they ask me to fill in. So welcome to your Monday. I'm Ryan Recker. You can find me online, Ryan Recker Radio, if you do a quick search on Facebook. Good morning to you, Roger Davis. And to you, sir, as well. Welcome aboard, as usual. It's cold everywhere. I saw North Carolina is getting hit harder than South Carolina, but it's still cold mm-hmm. everywhere you look. Yeah, chance here in of, Detroit. Some chance of yeah. some snow flurries up there, which, which makes uh, headlines here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know how often that happens that far south. That seems to be a rarity. Yes, thankfully. I, in... I don't know. I've always lived in an area where snow happens every year, so it's not really that big of a deal. You kind of get used to it, and you adapt to it. You learn how to drive in it. So when you go out on the roadways, for example, I have a weird work shift. I work Sunday through Thursday, so I went to work yesterday, and the roads were 100% snow-covered. So you're driving on top of packed-down snow, and that's normal which I thought I don't think that happens too often in Greenville. <laughs> no, or you know we can handle we can handle snow. I mean, um, the the difficulty here usually is that our weather events begin with an ice fog, so we got a layer of glaze on the roads and and then the power lines, unfortunately. And then oh, and terrible. then if there was any snow, it it's on top of that. And then then the next day, of course, you get the combination of the slush. Still some glaze beneath, and nobody can drive on that. That's, that's, oh, that's, that's terrible. It's like an ice rink. Yeah. But the here, um, <clears throat> this happened first time in my life. When So this is the third house we've owned, my wife and I. First two homes, we've always had attached garage. Housing, trying to find a home last summer was very difficult. Oh, yeah. yeah. We bought a house with a detached garage. And I don't have a shed, so you have the lawnmower, the snowblower, the tools, the kids' <laughs> stuff. Yeah, It takes up half the garage. My wife gets to park in the garage. I park out of the garage. And because of it, yesterday, I try to scrape off my car, and I can't open the door. The doors are frozen <laughs> shut. That's the first time in my life yeah. I had to climb through the passenger side and then give it the shoulder from the inside. Wow. And my coworkers were telling me, they say, oh, back in the day when you had these metal handles you had to pull up, all, me and my friends, we would always bust the handles off the cars yeah, trying have, to open up frozen cars. Sure. That was a common thing. Cold metal. Yeah, brittle. Well, I have one, I have one word in response to that. Mm-hmm. Uninhabitable. 
<laughs> I saw this Arctic blast uh, across the country. 110 million people under wind chill warnings. Iowa faces the coldest caucus in decades. And what timing. And did, you see, <laughs> did you see what Donald Trump said about the Iowa caucus? No, I missed this. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. So they're they're old, right? Anyone that you look at in Iowa that's voting in the caucus for the most part, Frank Lutz was on Fox and he was talking about the demographic and he said the age of a <laughs> average caucus voter in Iowa is deceased. <laughs> the average age. Ouch. So Donald Trump comes out. And, <laughs> it's okay. I'm laughing at this, but I think this is one of the rudest things you can say. Yeah. Well. Uh, he encouraged his Iowa supporters to vote for him anyway, joking that due to the extreme weather, even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. <laughs> Give your life for the Trump campaign. <laughs> Why would you just say so rude? Wow. <laughs> Why would you joke like that? <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> but here I am laughing at it. I don't know. I get the joke. I, I get it. But it's it's, ca- it's kind of worrisome though when the when the political uh, stories be- become gallows humor as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to move that NFL game. You had the yeah. Buffalo Bills. It was too bad that they couldn't play uh, because of all the snow in the stadium. So they moved it yeah. to today, and they say the the weather's going to be better. But have you seen videos of that stadium just underneath snow? How do you remove that you much know, snow? You know what I thought of? Remember John Pacenda? John Pacenda, the voice of NFL films, you know. Oh, sure. He's describing Mile High Stadium that year as the frozen tundra. tundra. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like to me. Yeah. And uh, like in Kansas City, they were, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs have had a lot of success over the years, so yeah. the fans aren't as hungry to see their team win, you know, after you have, I mean, every year you're looked at as a contender. So a lot of the fans have been through that rodeo before, so I guess ticket were so cheap that you can buy in the resale market for the playoff game because people oh, didn't right. want to go sit in the cold. There you go. And you saw the pictures of people sitting with their beers or whatever in their cup holders, <laughs> and it was just completely slushed over. Like, it was so cold outside. Why would someone want to go out and watch a, a football game in that, those temperatures? I, you know, it's a, beyond me, but I would tell you that um, going back and thinking about all those outdoor NHL games that they would host on New Year's Day... You know, if I could take a time machine back to the wings we're playing in their heyday, man, maybe I would do the same thing. So maybe well, I would be one of these fans. Yeah. Well, that seems a little more appropriate, however, somehow. Because at least they're on the ice. NHL, yeah. Yeah. But with that stadium, I want to know how they clear that much snow out. And mm-hmm. I want to know that technique so I can do that to my yard. Like, I, I want to be able to clear out the sidewalk, the driveway easier. Or is it just massive amount of labor? That's all you I, need. You know, I think it involves those giant mobile blowtorches. So be careful with that, Ryan. You mean like the <laughs> flamethrowers yeah, that Elon Musk sold for a while? Those deals, yeah. <laughs> oh, flamethrower. Do you live in a neighborhood where the neighbors would call the police on you if you use a flamethrower? Yeah. Or do you think they would let you get away with it? I, I know I would, I, you know, in the neighborhood, using a flamethrower right now, I, I'm hearing things like, was wrestled to the ground, et cetera, et cetera, on that. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how the news yeah. reports would describe right. it. Yeah. Was wrestled to the ground. Right. Roger Davis, uh, newsman <laughs> for WORD, wrestled to the ground, <laughs> flamethrower in hand. All the way protesting his innocence as he heard it from some guy on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and then you vow to come back even stronger. One flamethrower is not enough. You need a double-handed flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> One in each hand, left and the right. 
<laughs> Haven't heard the last of me. <laughs> That's right. You're not going down without a fight. Uh, good morning to you, Roger Davis. Happy to be here with you. And uh, coming up on the show, we've seen a lot of different stories about electric vehicles, including one where Hertz is selling off their electric vehicles. <laughs> and to no surprise, <laughs> we're going to talk about that in uh, the next segment a little bit later in this hour. Rich Rubino. He's an author and historian, a friend of mine, and I wanted to talk about the significance of the Iowa caucus, kind of the history of the Iowa caucus. So we're going to spend a couple of segments with him, which I'm really looking forward to later in the show, too. Um, I think I figured out why people don't watch mainstream media anymore, and I, I think it's very clear to me why they don't do it, and I'll give that example to you next hour. There's so much things that we got to get to on the show. If you ever want to text in, we are live this morning. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. GS Plumbing Talk line is 800-905-0989. And I'm looking at some of the text messages now. Uh, they would need to vote for him before they pass anyway. A typical Ted Voter votes Democrat. <laughs> Thank you for that text message. Great way to uh, open up the text messages here this morning. I'm Ryan Recker. Don't go anywhere. Looking forward to spending some more time with you this morning on News Talk 98.9 WORD. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And welcome back. I see the text messages are up and running. Text message said, good morning, Ryan. Glad to have you here. I think you had a cold last time you filled in. Hope you are doing well. I don't know what it was. I think when you have kids, it's cold. You know, they're, everything around you is cold. When they get sick, you get sick. And I didn't feel sick. I just was blowing my nose a lot, which is terrible. I remember in high school, I had a similar problem, except... Um, I had to take the ACTs. You always take that test to see where you place, and they could use that as one of the factors to judge if you get into college or not. You know, obviously, if you <laughs> I don't, never mind. I was going to joke, but I was going to say anymore. Uh, you don't even need a test. Uh, basically, you just need a certain skin color for college campuses, and that's how they guide your admission. And that's not too far off from a joke, honestly. But 
my nose was running so much because it was a high school without air conditioning, and that's common up here in Michigan. Uh, at least when I was growing up in the 90s, there were no high school buildings that had air conditioning. It just didn't happen. So during the summer, when you're taking this test and it's, you know, 95 degrees outside and you're inside a room with like 50 other kids and they're all sweat and, uh, sweating and hot and I, my nose was blowing so much that I was walking up to the front desk to blow my nose once every five minutes at least. It was so disruptive. I got a terrible score on my ACT. And I didn't care because my college still admitted me because I wasn't going to some Ivy League. I was going to just your regular state-run university. And I'm glad I did. You know, I wanted to get to the broadcasting school. And I wanted to go to a school that got the most experience. And honestly, it wasn't about the scores I got in the classroom. It was about the experience I got while working through the degree. The college radio station campus working on the weekends uh, at different radio stations. So, um, you know, going back to blowing my nose while I'm doing a radio show, it just brings back old memories, I guess. So if you want to text into the show, you can as well. Here's the number. It's the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line 71307. GS Plumbing Talk Line 800-905-0989. And I've done these topics before. And I've done them at various points throughout the last couple of years discussing electric vehicles. And I don't know how many people listening here have an electric vehicle. It's so fascinating because the the early on adopters are so adamant about it that they are doing this for the environmental cause and, oh, this is great. And I'm going to save so much money in the how many times did you hear that? I'm going to save so much money in the long run. You suckers are going to be paying the Biden $3 a gallon, $4 a gallon, I guess. And here I am plugging into the electric grid and pulling my electricity from that. Well, here's what we found with electric vehicles. When they're new and shiny and all these promises are put out by these vehicles, we find that it doesn't really hold up over time. And I think a lot of us predicted that, but the early adopters refused to believe it. They kind of had this... Um, they had this feeling, not that they were better than you for getting an electric vehicle, but they, you know what? I just make better decisions than you. <laughs> I'm not better than you as a person. I just make better financial decisions than you. Don't you understand? So they would talk about, oh, it costs this much to fill up, and I only have to wait so many hours for it to happen if I can find a charging station. But here's some of the major concerns that people had. One, if you have to replace a battery on one of these things, you're in trouble. But then they said, oh, you don't ever have to do that. I know people that have had a Tesla for 10 years and never had any problems. Well, this will lead us into the next story, but here's some of the other problems that you find. People buy these electric cars, and then they realize that they don't have enough juice hooked up to their home. So here's a few things that have to happen. They call an electrician. They say, hey, I need to hook up a charger to the garage because you can't just pull an electric cord out there. You just can't get that yellow electric extension cord and plug in your Tesla. It don't work like that. So you got to be able to pull a lot of power, a lot of juice to fill these giant batteries. So they call the electrician over and they say, you know, I can, I can start to install this thing, but you got to upgrade your service. You don't have enough juice coming in. So then you call the electric company and they say, oh, great. Yeah, we can get you out there. We can upgrade your box, but we'll have to do the inspection. We may have to bury the line in order to get you more juice. That's going to cost you. 
And then you're thinking, my goodness, it's going to be an additional 10 grand for me to just be able to charge my car that I just purchased unless I want to go to a public charger. And let me give you an example about some of these public chargers. I had to go out uh, two, Saturdays, two Saturdays ago. It was two Saturdays ago to give my son a haircut. So we were driving to the shop and in front of this large complex that has a, like a strip mall, basically, the charging stations were lined up. This is 8 a.m. in the morning and all of them were taken. And I thought, if you have to get up on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. to charge your vehicle and you still show up and they're all reserved, all taken... What do you think that means for any other time during the day? What Are you just going to have to reserve a time at like 6 a.m. to get something to charge? Are you kidding me? The inconvenience of that. Are you saying that you're going to pay more for the vehicle? You're going to pay more for maintenance on top of that because if a battery goes, you're in trouble. If any part on that vehicle goes, you're in serious trouble because you're not going to be able to find a replacement part. And if it's a Tesla, you got to take it to one of their shops. And if you take it to one of their shops, you're going to find very quickly, it's going to take a couple of months before they get to you because they just have such a large uh, problem keeping up with the, the demand for the shop services. And on top of that, now you have to park outside, you know, in the freezing cold like we're seeing right now because the fear that your if your car catches on fire, they don't want it in the garage where it could burn down the rest of your house and kill your family. And now you're parking outside and you realize, oh, there's no place to put the key. And when it freezes, I can't get into my car, kind of like I had with my problem. But, you know, the difference is my car's 20 years old and I didn't pay an arm and a leg for it. And I can fill up anywhere else. So there, there's all of these downsides, but they want to completely ignore this. But major companies are starting to wake up to the idea that this is what they're confronted with, including Hertz. And Fox had a piece on this. Hertz Rental Company. Hertz is one of the largest rental car companies in the world. And it plans to take the money from selling these EVs and put it towards more gas-powered vehicles to meet customer demand. And if you look at some Teslas that are up for sale on Hertz's website right now, some are listed for as low as around $20,000. Hertz, in their filing, um, seems to indicate that it comes down to money, um, to, to cost. Um, EVs cost a lot more to repair. Those battery packs are extremely expensive to replace. Yeah, so Hertz is like, we can't afford this, so we're going to have to sell it off. Text messages coming in. One person said they wanted to buy a Hyundai electric uh, SUV, so then they were transferred to California. Asked them about, hey, you know, how long's the battery life? Ten years, right? They said, nope, battery life is three years. Replacement battery, $15,000. Who wants to do that to themselves? Honestly, if you're going to spend that much money on a new vehicle, why would you want to put yourself through that much risk? And there's some of these other vehicles like Kia. Don't they give you like 10-year warranty with these new Kias? Are you kidding me? Uh, one person said, I'm getting 52 miles per gallon in my Kia hybrid SUV. I'll tell you what, these full electric vehicles are starting to look very foolish in the hybrid vehicles are looking very smart because you're not bound to one fuel source. That seems to be working pretty well. All right, uh, coming up after the break, my friend Rich Rubino. He's a political historian. He is someone that uh, will break down the, not the Iowa caucuses, but the history of the Iowa caucus. Why is it so important? Why is it a big thing? Why is it even a thing? So we'll talk to Rich Rubino after the break. Don't go anywhere. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on News Talk 98.9 WORD.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And welcome back. He is a political historian. He is someone that knows an awful lot about, I think, every president of the United States more than their actual presidential libraries know about them. He is Rich Rubino. He joins us this morning. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Ryan. You're the only person I know that could walk into a presidential library and then tell the staff, no, actually, that is not accurate and would have to correct them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a good thing or it shows you a monomaniacal brain, but whatever. <laughs> well, the uh, Iowa caucuses are going on. It's kind of a unique yeah, way to come I've up. Heard that. So, what's the history of that? When did they decide that was the best way to handle their business? Yes, it's actually almost by happenstance more than anything else. After nineteen sixty until nineteen sixty eight, for some background, the Democratic National Convention. Hubert Humphrey won the nomination. He didn't even announce his presidential candidacy until April, until April 27th of that year. Didn't win any of the primaries. Eugene McCarthy had participated in the primaries. McCarthy supporters thought that he should win the nomination. So when Humphrey won the nomination because he had the support of the high command of the party, there were basically riots in Grant Park. So after that, the Democratic Party decided they needed to democratize the process somehow so that the people had more power. And one of the things was that you had to have these caucuses and primaries in these states in Iowa, when they were trying to schedule theirs, actually because they had problems trying to find hotel rooms in Des Moines for their um, for their for their caucuses, when they were going to schedule them, decided to schedule them earlier. So they scheduled them earlier than any other state. This would this would seem irrelevant. This would seem like not a big deal. But Gary Hart was running George McGovern's campaign, and George McGovern was a two hundred to one long shot. And he came up with this idea. He said, if we focus on Iowa, and all of a sudden we do very well in Iowa, the media is going to pick up attention. Is going to pick this up, and the next day they're going to say. How did this candidate do so well in Iowa? So other candidates didn't get really campaign too hard. Then McGovern did. And on Election Day, on Caucus Day, you had uncommitted first, then Ed Muskie second. Ed Muskie was the establishment candidate who was supposed to win. But then George McGovern came in third. And the next day, Gary Hart was absolutely right. George McGovern garnered a lot of positive media attention and eventually won the nomination. After that happened in 72, Jimmy Carter followed the same strategy beginning in early 1975 for the Iowa caucus and said, I'm going to focus on Iowa, too. And he did. And in 1976, he came in second to uncommitted. After that, he ended up going on to win the New Hampshire primary and landed up bringing the nomination. The Republicans saw what the Democrats were doing in Iowa and said, let's put ours. Let's put ours first as well. And that's basically what happened. It's not that Iowa has some it's not that Iowa has some special bond or anything like that. It was just basically because they were looking for, they couldn't find hotel rooms. They decided they'd move it up first. Gary Hart was running McGovern's campaign, and the rest is history. Wow. Isn't that something? Uh, strategy, <laughs> how it. that all plays out. Uh, and part of the, the Iowa caucuses is, you know, we today have such a different news cycle when it comes to, yeah. you know, following candidates around. We're 24 7, we're on our phones, we're looking at, you know, news stories constantly. You would think, in a way that since we're bombarded with all this other news that one place wouldn't still dominate all of the attention 
but it does still. It's like this is all we look at is the, for the very first one. And that's and it and it really what it does it winnows out other candidates often. Meaning that if someone doesn't come in, say the top three or four in Iowa, oftentimes they either drop out or they're essentially irrelevant. For example, back in two thousand and eight. Right after the day after the Iowa caucuses, Joe Biden and Chris Dodd drop out of the race. But interestingly, back in, um, back in 1976, Fred Harris, the senator from Oklahoma, was running, and he was supposed to finish, but finish toward the bottom. He finished in fourth place. So he said basically that Iowa has winnowed me in the process. We kind of won up the media. <laughs> but it, it is very interesting that um, how much time, if you think about how much time the candidates spend in this state, they hope they're going to get momentum. They're going to get benefactors, and they're going to go on to New Hampshire. But if they don't do well in Iowa, oftentimes they're kind of written off by the media, written off by by um, by economic by economic benefactors, and they can certainly can continue on. They can do they can continue on to the convention if they want, but they're not necessarily going to be taken seriously if they don't at least come in the first three or four. Yeah, Iowa's probably happy about that. We have a similar story here in Detroit when it comes to the Lions and playing on Thanksgiving Day. Basically, no other team wanted yes. to play on Thanksgiving. <laughs> But here they are. The Lions are like, fine, we'll do it. And then now they're part of the tradition in everyone's uh, homes on Thanksgiving Day. They are the game that they get to dominate, at least for one day. Didn't matter how terrible they were in the entire year, but they still get that Thanksgiving Day. At least they got that going for them. Iowa's got to feel that way as a state. They're like, oh, at least we got this going for us. Um, that's kind of a, a joke. But, you know, Frank Lutz, oh, like by it. the I way. Like Frank, uh, is it Luntz? He's the one that does a lot of polling for Fox and some other things. And he was on the other day, and they were asking about the demographic of who votes in the Iowa caucuses. And you know what he said about the Republican voters? He said the the average age of a Republican voter that votes in the Iowa caucus is deceased. (laughs) That's their (laughs) average age. So they, they talk about how the weather could impact moments like this. So is that really a thing during elections? They say that a poor weather day on an election day really impacts who could win in that election? Yes, absolutely. And that's kind of the, uh, that's really the unknown variable. On the one hand, Donald Trump has more committed supporters. If you look at any poll, his supporters upwards of 88 or 89% are very committed to him. And that's not the case necessarily with Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, or any of the other candidates. So theoretically, that would mean that, okay, well, Donald Trump's supporters are most likely to go out in the poll, to go to the polls. Conversely, Donald Trump's supporters are also older than other voters, so that might mean that, and more, and sometimes more rural than other voters. So if you're living out in a farm somewhere in northern Iowa, and it takes a long time to get to the schoolhouse or the library or or, the, or wherever they're having the caucuses, that the older voters might decide that it's not worth taking the risk of going out. I guess that's part of what a ground game is about, and part of what a ground game is about is finding these people who are potentially vulnerable and potentially driving them to the caucuses, specifically in those rural parts where Donald Trump is stronger. Um, Nikki Haley right now is stronger, for example, in urban parts. You might do better in places like Iowa City or Ames or Des Moines. And DeSantis also potentially could do, do well in some of the rural parts as well. But that's really, um, it really, that really is kind of the unknown, uh, the wild card here. Because it's not like, by the way, in a primary, you can vote any time during the day. So you could wait, theoretically, till noontime when the, when the sun's out, when the weather's the best, go and vote. But in the case of the Iowa caucuses, you have to vote at night. And when it's, under, when, it's, when it's below zero degrees, the last thing most voters want to do is go someplace to sit for three hours listening to, um, listening to candidates running, running for local office and running for delegates and then, and then, having to, and then, and then choosing um, a presidential candidate. They might want to watch it at home instead. Right. 
So with this uh, going into Iowa, at least for the Republicans sake, I know Donald Trump has a huge lead. So is everyone just waiting to see who comes in second for something like this? Or is there an outside chance there is some kind of, you know, the weather hits just at the right time and then the right voters get out right at the right time? A perfect storm where Donald Trump doesn't win the nominate. Well, not the nomination, but at least the uh, polling there. I guess it's theoretically possible, but I really can envisage that scenario right now. I think more of the race is for second place. And don't discount second place at all, because if you think about it, this is a multi-candidate field. In, in 1984, Walter Mondale won 49% of the vote. Gary Hart came in second place with 17% of the vote. That gave him momentum. The next week, you had the New Hampshire primary, and because of the momentum he got finishing second place, he won in New Hampshire, and the two, the two candidates went all the way to the convention competing, so it's very important to come in second place. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis both know, I think, that they're not going to come in first place, but if Nikki Haley specifically can come in second place, then she, then he might, she might make Ron DeSantis appear irrelevant because then he go to New Hampshire where DeSantis has not spent much time campaigning, and then, DeSantis, and then potentially Nikki Haley might actually win New Hampshire, but then after that you're going to Florida, and DeSantis thinks he can do better in Florida, so he's probably he's going to spend more time campaigning there. And if Nikki Haley does not win her home state, um, I don't really see a scenario where she does where she can win the nomination without if the voters who know her best do not support her down there, do not support her in South Carolina. Um, it's hard to see a scenario where she will be able to win other states after that. If you look at it, Jerry Brown in 1992, governor of California, after he lost to Bill Clinton in his home state, he couldn't come back from that. Um, 2016, Marco Rubio in Florida, same scenario. 2020, Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts, same scenario. Wow. Uh, do you mind holding on after the break? We'll continue sure. Iowa talk. It's so cold here uh, in Detroit. I'm, we're doing the show in South Carolina. It's cold there. Arctic blast everywhere you look, Rich Rubino. So uh, it will play yeah. an impact today. And, you know, I, I want to talk about on the Democrat side, I guess they opted for the mail-in ballots. The, yes. Can Joe yes. Biden look at this as a victory or is it irrelevant for Democrats? Let's talk about that after the break coming up, if you don't yes. mind. Uh, Rich Rubino, he is a political historian. You can find him online, R-U-B-I. And oh, Rich Rabino, look him up. Great author as well. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on News Talk 98.9 WORD. And welcome back. Our guest, Rich Rabino. You can find him online. He's an author, he's a political historian. And to discuss the Iowa caucuses and some of the history and political strategy. Rich, thank you for hanging on. Thank you. So I saw that the Democrats said, ah, we'll just do the mail-in process. They have the incumbent president. They have Joe Biden sitting there. If you're Joe Biden and let's say you take the Iowa uh, by storm as expected, um, then do you brag about Iowa if you're Democrats or is it possible that you start to see some turmoil in the Democrat Party if things don't go strong for Joe Biden there? Well, he's actually what they're doing is you're, they're having a mail-in, but you're not. People are not going to find out who the, who who won until well, essentially until March fifteenth. And when that happens, Iowa is going to be essentially irrelevant because there'll be a lot of other states. There'll be Super Tuesday states. You would have already had South Carolina, New Hampshire. This is actually a strategy by Biden. In part because in 2020 he came in, he lost Iowa, he lost New Hampshire, he lost Nevada. South Carolina was his saving grace, so he so was a, 
basically as an omen to them, I guess, he said South Carolina should be first this time around. And the Democratic National, the Democratic National Committee agreed despite opposition from Iowa and New Hampshire. New Hampshire is actually going to have a primary because under New Hampshire law, they still have to have a primary before any other state. But they will not be awarding delegates, meaning essentially it's a beauty contest, meaning it's going to be which there will be a primary. Joe Biden's name will not be on it. There's a movement for a right in candidacy, so he's not embarrassed. But Dean Phillips, Marianne Williamson and 36 other people, believe it or not, are going to be on the Democratic Party ballot um, in, in, in 2024. The other thing about South Carolina, part of the reason they wanted to go first is they think it's more representative of the Democratic Party and that there are more minorities than there are in places um, like New Hampshire and and like New Hampshire uh, and Iowa. So people listening right now here in South Carolina, yes. you are to thank for Joe Biden yes. to be president of the United States. But the, the mail-in ballot stuff in <laughs> Iowa, that really is shocking to me because we basically pride ourselves. We want to get those election results immediately. Like any election night, you, you're you up and you're like, OK, polls close at seven. I want to know who won by eight o'clock. That's how we, that's our mentality, basically, <laughs> outside of like the presidential elections that last a long time. Any local election, you expect to know who that winner is. That's such a weird thing. It's foreign to me to think it's going to take two months before you get the results of a, a vote. Yes, absolutely. And when they do get results, if you look at what the coverage is going to be of the Iowa results, it's probably going to be very, very it's probably going to be very little small coverage of it because there are a lot more important primaries. New Iowa, if, if Iowa were somewhere in the middle, it would be pro, it would be about the size of a state of say Arkansas. And you, how often do you hear about the Arkansas primary, for example? Mm-hmm. Um, but if Arkansas was first, you would hear about that. And that's basically why, why so many people focused on Iowa, not because Iowa has an inordinate amount of delegates. It has less than two percent of the total delegates in Iowa. In Iowa, they actually, by the way, are still going to have meetings, not caucuses where they do the other stuff of party business. Um, so these are going to be the real committed people that are going to come out for that. If you think about it, these aren't going to be, going to be people who aren't going to have, whose presidential bid, whose presidential vote is basically going to be irrelevant in the primary, but they're still going to come out and do party business. So if someone's willing to do that and, and travel to do that, that's a real commitment. Wow. So if people wanted to look you up online, Rich, where can they go? Yep, you can go to richrubino, R-U-B-I-N-O dot com, or you can find them, um, you can certainly type in Rich Rubino on Facebook, or you can look up my books by going Rich Rubino on Amazon, and the latest book is The Great American Political Trivia Challenge, Political Trivia on Steroids. It's a fantastic book, let me add. Yeah. And uh, anyone that likes political trivia like this, pick it up and just have it handy. It's so fun to just flip through and learn things. And it's amazing because those things are all in your brain at any given time. Uh, Rich Rubino <laughs> online. Uh, I got to say, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And I love seeing you online. All the different media appearances. You are picking yeah. up steam. You're all over the place. Uh, yep, do look I'll up. Be on, Rich... uh, okay. I'll be on Newsmax 2 at 725 this morning. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. Uh, RichRubino.com. Yes. And we'll have to look it up online. And you do post clips and links to the different appearances you yes. can find on social media. RichRubino.com. Thank you very much for coming on. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on News Talk 98.9 WORD. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 